listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, which means you're listening to me, Deborah Wolf. If you're looking for me, I'm at DebraWolfOnline.com, and I'm always here, Animal Party Pet Life Radio. You'll hear lots of episodes here with me where I interview my favorite experts from the pet world. And today, I've got a recurring guest. I like her so much, I invite her often. And the last time I had her on the show, we both came up with our most common top three dog problems and top three cat problems. And both of us are used to training both and used to talking about both. So we thought since we teased with that last time, we should solve those problems today. Starting with the usually last, but this time first... Feline friends of ours. We're going to start with cats today. So I'm going to welcome to the show and treat your ears to our party guest, our VIP guest of the day, Darlene Arden. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Deb. It's wonderful to be with you again. Always a party. Well, you know, before we start on the cat stuff, maybe you can tell everybody about your cat book. Ah, the complete cat's meow. I actually have two cat books, but the other one is a coffee table book with pictures of cat breeds. It's called Beautiful Cats and descriptions of cat shows in the UK. I don't live there. But the complete cat's meow is everything you need to know, whether you have a pedigree cat or brought a cat home from the shelter, or if you're volunteering at a shelter, how to raise and train a wonderful cat. I went to breeders so I could ask them how they raise their kittens, because every kitten deserves the same wonderful upbringing. But I have health issues. If you've wondered, you've never had a cat before, and you want to know how to trim nails and all of that good stuff, and how to train your cat. Most people look at me and like, are you kidding? Train a cat? And yes, you can. They are extremely intelligent. You totally can. I mean, think of the cats in movies and commercials and in circuses and doing tricks all over. The They're not any different from your cat. So you can train a cat no, to do the very the basics. The basics once are they, easy. Exactly. And once they learn something, they don't unlearn it. So you better have a good idea of what you want to do the, the first time. Don't teach your cat to open drawers in your kitchen or you're going to have to put baby locks on everything because oh, they yeah. won't unlearn it. Right. And their memory is forever, unlike a bulldog or a pug. So you really got to watch what you teach them. Um, and that can be a problem. For some of the training I've done, precision type training for media, you know, you train your dog, for example, to urinate on a car for a movie scene. And good luck in the future, because that dog thinks that's a winning thing to do. Jump up on a car and be all over the roof. You know, and I imagine it, it happens with kids, too, that when they're trained to misbehave or taught to misbehave for a part, it's hard to get them out of the habit. It's even harder with cats, but they're the most (laughs) wonderful observational learners. You don't want them observing somebody peeing in the street. They will learn like that, but um, you do, you know, want to be careful what you do. For the average pet owner, the first thing I remind them of is cats are nocturnal, and if your cat wakes you because he wants to eat at 3.30 in the morning, Whatever you do, don't get up and feed him, or you will be doing it for the next 20 years. 
Oh, that's a great tip. Okay, well, while we're giving tips, we should go to our, we have three problems, and we also had a surprise question. So the surprise question, we're going to play for you. It came in just before we got on air, but through the magic of radio, we can hear it. But I'll just let you know what she said, and I know you heard her the first time around. Our audience will be hearing her next. She said that she has two cats, both rescued very young. At about one month of age, they had to be bottle-fed. So they're very, very bonded with their humans and didn't have much opportunity to bond with their mother before they came to this home. The two cats are siblings, sisters, and yet one is extremely cuddly, easygoing, can be dressed up and carried around, and the other one's a little more wild, will bat your face, claws in, but still will definitely let you know when she doesn't want to be carried and is much more feisty. So the question is about why that is, and I think we'll we'll just uh, let the audience hear it, and then Darlene, whenever you're ready, you can answer the question for us. Why is Basti so lovey-dovey and then Ming-Ming so like, ah! Okay, well, it's fairly easy. Think about any set of children born in the same family or even twins. They're not necessarily going to be alike, not only in personality. And I know people like that. I know twins who have exact opposite personalities. They'll even have different allergies. Some twins, identical twins, are often very much alike. But otherwise, they're like any other siblings. This one has an easygoing personality. That one's like a type A businessman, you know. And the two cats are going to be different because they're not the same individuals. Each one is an individual and needs to be treated accordingly. So you can't expect one to be exactly like the other. I think sometimes we tend to think of puppies and kittens as twins, six tuplets, quadruplets, triplets, because they were born all on the same day. But genetically, they're not, are they? No, definitely different. Every child is different. Genetically, closer would be identical twins. You can have mirror image twins, and they're very much opposite. You can have twins with totally different personalities. And every cat in the litter, and there's also some talk about birth position before they're born, where they are in the womb, and that can affect them. I don't know the details of that. I wasn't sure how far the research had gone. I just thought it was an interesting, excuse the play on words, concept. But they don't have to be any more alike than human siblings are. They are simply siblings born on the same day, same mother, same father, but they're individuals. They're not Well, sometimes same father, not not necessarily same father. No, that's also. true. But right? And that's to- kind of a freaky thing with animals. An animal, a cat or a dog can ovulate over a course of few days. And so daddy number one on Monday might not be the same as daddy number two on Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, or Tuesday. the interesting thing <laughs> is that the father is the one who sets the personality, even the temperament, even if the father has never been seen again. Yeah, so that's a a whole other thing to consider. And then these little size differences, like these two kittens the little girl was describing, that's my little girl, so I know the kittens, even when we first got them, there was a noticeable size difference. And that was magnified over time. And now they're sort of the same size again. But that almost 
difficult-to-tell-apart difference for a human. You can hardly tell. They look the same. They're both tiny, tiny, tiny. That minute little difference in size affects who gets the breast first when they're with their mother, right? It affects quite a few things. So that that can be the littler one is, is the one she's describing as a little more aggressive. So I think there might be a connection there. But let's move on to the three problems we teased people with. And the first one, the ever-popular, most common cat problem we ever get asked is how can I teach my cat to properly use the litter box? Number one. Number one. Well, mommy should have taught that immediately. They teach the kittens as soon as their eyes are barely open. Mommy will take the kitten to the litter box and show the kitten where to go and how to scratch to cover it up. And then we'll take that kitten back and then we'll get the next one. And very few humans have ever seen this done. Usually it's in the middle of the night. I happen to know a breeder who saw it. Now, I also, because I interviewed breeders to find out exactly what they did, one breeder told me that the most common thing to do, she would take a very small box, like a shoe box, and she would take some of the litter out of mommy's litter box put it next to her litter box, and it was cut down low enough for the kitten to get in. So the kitten would learn to go, because we're talking about teeny tiny kittens. So if somebody has rescued a litter of kittens or has taken in a kitten that's very small, this is how you do it. You try to get some litter into something small that they can get into. If they can't get into it, forget it. It's not going to work. The other thing is the substrate, the kind of litter you use. It depends upon how it feels to the cat or kitten's paws, what's underneath. And one veterinary behaviorist I heard lecture at a veterinary conference said that even if the kitten would prefer carpeting, put that into the litter box if that's what they want. You have to find a substrate that the kitten likes or the cat. I found a litter that my cat loves. Now, that's not to say every cat will love it. And when they're really tiny, you don't want to use a clumping litter until they're over six months old. You don't want them licking it off their paws and causing an obstruction. Okay, so that's when they're really, really young. We're going to take a little break and come back and talk about a couple more problems. But before we do, I'd like to finish up the litter box talk because most of the people who call me when I'm on the radio answering live problems or when I'm on shows or bookstores, wherever, most of the people who ask me about litter problems, it's something like the cat, you know, used to be okay with the litter, was very reliable. There wasn't an abrupt change. Yeah, there wasn't an abrupt change. There's nothing wrong with the cat. The cat's been to the vet. There's no urinary infection or any crystals, nothing like that. The cat is healthy as can be, but for some reason, it's going next to the box or behind the sofa or some other place in the house, and what can they do? Why won't it use the litter anymore? And I have to do a little detective work on this, so usually I ask them things like, did anything change? Is it too close to a dryer? Is it too close to a furnace? Is it too close to a shower? Is there something that could have startled the cat while he was using it, all this kind of stuff. There's also a bullying issue. If you have lots of cats, you can't have just one litter box. So maybe, Darlene, you can flesh this out for people a little bit, Absolutely. a little bit about litter I box. I deal with that, too. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, we can do that. 
So let's do that now, and then we'll go to break, and we'll come back with the number two and number three problems, which have nothing to do with number one and number two. Just just the fact that it's uh, <laughs> the, the second most popular cat problem and the third most reported cat problem. We'll come back with that after the break. But first, let's finish up our litter box talk. Well, as you said, there could be something disturbing the cat. And the main thing you need to do always is remember the rule of thumb. No matter how many cats you have in your house, it's one litter box for the cat and one for the house. So even if you only have one cat, you have two litter boxes. And they're not to be lined up. These are not urinals. They're, if you have two floors in your house, one's on one floor and one is on another floor. Otherwise, they're just in different rooms of your house. One of the things that people don't think about is while they're trying to decide what it was that caused the change, they don't realize that another cat may have walked by the house while the cat was in the litter box, and it's a territorial issue. And that's, you know, if you have cats loose in your neighborhood, that is always going to be an issue if your cat reacts to it. So you have to think about that. And those uh, solutions are creative. Sometimes it's things like a motion sensor sprinkler that catches that neighbor's cat every time he goes to spray your backyard wall, which happens to be right next to the cat litter box your cat right. doesn't want to use anymore. You know, sometimes these things can be fun. So <laughs> so you yeah, do have to figure out. Real, you know, if you like detective programs, you now have one in your own house trying to figure out exactly what it could be. Be sure that it, if the litter box is in an undisturbed place. If you have more than one cat, not only do you want to be careful, as you said, about somebody litter box guarding, resource guarding, and not allowing the other cat in, but you also want to be sure that the, and then when we let them near the litter box, you, and you won't even recognize it, you may think the cat's lying there innocently. It's not so innocent, he's guarding the area. The other cat knows, but you don't necessarily notice it. But one of the things you may want to make sure and do is to make sure you have open litter boxes. So if one cat comes to the room while the other one's in the litter box, the one who's already there can escape out the other side without running into a blank wall. You know, I think we think of animals, or a lot of people do, as fighting over food. But we don't tend to think of them fighting over the bathroom. And actually, cats fight over the bathroom more than they fight over food. They really, Absolutely. really... <laughs> it's, it's like women in a, in a stadium, right? When the game, when it's halftime and you're lined up and you know you can't get there in time to get back to the seat because they don't have enough bathrooms. It's a, that kind of a thing. You just don't want to let someone butt, no matter how much they ask. And you're, you just need to use it and you don't want anyone else too ahead of you. And so there's a lot yeah, that goes on And you on don't want to go to a dirty box either. You don't want to go to the last, the only gas station on the dark road. Nobody's cleaned it since the year one. Oh, Oh, yeah, or it's dark and scary, and it's got a lid on it, and you just don't know if you're going to get ambushed when you're in there by the person who used it last, or in the cat world, the cat who used it last. Yeah, there's a lot going on, so they have to be clean, but not so clean that they stink of uh, antiseptic, right? And that's also a common mistake I've seen where people bleach ammonia. Don't over-bleach. If you're going to use a little to make sure it's healthy, you've got to rinse and rinse and rinse and rinse and rinse and make sure that smell is out of there because that smell gives me a migraine. What's it doing to your cat? 
Okay, so we're going to go to break and we'll be back. Stay tuned. We're going to cover the number two and the number three problems that we get, starting with aggression or scratching when a cat is using his teeth or his claws. What can you do about that? So stay tuned. We'll be talking with Darlene Arden on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf. Stay tuned. Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Hi, Jill. I see you and Bella are enjoying this lovely day as well. It's a perfect day for a walk. Isn't that right, Bella? And what a colorful ID tag you have, Bella. It certainly puts my Rusty's boring engraved tag to shame. Isn't it great? It's a dog tag art tag. Dog tag art? Yeah. Dog tag art makes the world's coolest pet ID tags. Pick from hundreds of cute designs or upload your photos or artwork to create a unique tag of your own. They even give you four lines of text on the back of the tag for important contact information. I love it! But do they hold up? We have to replace Rusty's metal tags so often because the information wears away. Dog tag art tags are some of the highest quality pet tags out there. They're made with super durable stainless steel. Your information is always legible and the tags are guaranteed for life. Well, I'm sold. Where can I get my dog tag art tag for Rusty? Dogtagart.com Sounds great! We can't wait to get online and get a tag of our own. Dogtagart.com We keep best friends together. Use the coupon code RADIO for a 25% discount off any tag. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
kind of like a character in a Disney movie. You know, I'm talking to the animals. It's great. The conversation. Well, and that's where that's where you meet the nicest people at the party. Anyway, the kid who's been banished upstairs or whatever comes crawling out to say, "Hey, Mister, do you like my cat?" You know, and then all of a sudden you're having a great talk with the person who really knows the animal. So yeah, I want to meet anyway. So who cares? Uh, (laughs) Okay, so the aggression and the biting. Sometimes it's to get attention. To get sometimes or play, and sometimes it's because I think people overdo it. Their cat, oh, they're petting their they cat, they're petting their cat, and they're not really and watching they don't to read see the, the cat's having They're not looking. Cats I think don't also like a lot can, of petting. Well, and people can be too smothering, too over the top, where the cat actually feels unsafe or it's mm-hmm. just too hard. You know, it's a really small animal. So if you find that when you're cuddling your cat, it often likes it for a few minutes and then all of a sudden gets aggressive, and you see that as unpredictable, I would challenge you to just give it a shot. Give this a shot. Just try instead of petting it for as long as you normally do. Pet it for almost as long and then stop. And if you stay gentle, if you're gentle, your cat's going to come over and want more. The other thing is, if there's a time when your cat gets really rough with you, ease up a bit. Just be a little bit more gentle. Use your fingertips instead of your whole hand. Or if you're hovering over him and crowding him and nuzzling him, hugging him, just back up a bit. You may find the cat's just saying, hey, give me some space. I'm a very little animal. You're freaking me out. exactly what it's like. It's like having a toy dog in that sense. It's a small animal. They view the world from a different vantage point. And cats, by and large, don't like that much petting. Mine tolerates a lot more and asks for it. She solicits it, especially tummy rugs. Cats are not dogs. My cat happens to like tummy rugs. but Yeah, but for a lot of cats, that's a little bit private. That's near the genitals and the groin, and they don't really appreciate that. That's exactly right, and they don't really like it. No. And they will tell you, and if you don't pay attention, you're going to get a love bite. They're not biting you to break the skin. They're biting you just to say, I love you, but stop it. Enough's enough. I've had okay. a stick of fork in it. I'm done. So we also have the, it's not really aggression, but it feels like it when you're the person who comes home and your brand new sofa is just tattered and scratched and you can tell your cat went to town, what appears like he was attacking it. Okay, so what about the cats who are destructive with their claws? What about them? Oh, they need a real place to scratch. This is important for cats. They need to remove that outer covering of the nail. So you need to buy them a good, sturdy scratching post. This is the time when you do not want to be cheap because if it tips over on them because it's not heavily weighted at the bottom, they're going to get scared and never use it again. So you put the scratching post next to the piece of furniture they've been scratching and do a lecture dim like you'd get at school. Show them where to go and what to do and how to use it. And remember, they're great observational learners. If your cat really likes catnip, there's a spray-on catnip, and you can spray that on the scratching post, yay. Now they're attracted to it. But you just show them where to go and what to do when they get there, and they get the idea, and you praise them heavily for using it. Yay, look what you did. 
kind of you like can house take training the, a puppy. You can take the green catnip, too, and just scrunch it up and rub it all over the place. I mean, you don't have Absolutely. to buy the spray. Real catnip will work, or you can take catnip toys and put them in the cat scratch and on the cat scratch and rub them all around. I mean, this should be pretty easy to get your cat to want to. But the thing is, what I see in the pet stores are teeny tiny cat scratches that are no use to anyone. If your cat oh, can't stretch out, right? If he can't stretch out his three or four foot long stretch, because believe me, he he's long. He's long. Body. Yeah, if it's only a foot long and it's a piece of cardboard that lies flat in the ground, he may play with it a little because of the catnip, but he's still going to need to stretch his body all the way and pull down and get those claws. Just like you need to scratch your back or wash your feet. This is something he needs to do. He can't help it. He, it's a need of his. And declawing him will not make this better. In fact, it'll make it worse. So that's not the answer. The answer is to get yourself. No, you can get him secondhand. Declawing creates litter box problems often. Oh, and biting. It's painful. And it is animal abuse. I think we need to tell people what nobody mm-hmm. ever does. What declawing really is, it's like cutting off your finger at the first joint. There are places in the world where it's illegal. A veterinarian will lose their license if they do it because it's that violent an operation. It's amputation. It's terrible. So don't do that to your cat. It's not going to fix things. If your cat's scratching or biting, it will make him not use the litter box because it will hurt. Or it's likely. It will make him not use the litter box because it'll start hurting. So you'll have accidents. And uh, he'll have no other way to express himself. So you're going to get, and you'll be in pain. So you get way more chance of a cat biting. So these guys, they end up homeless, defenseless, in pain, forever mutilated. If you really can't put up with what your cat's doing, then find it a home. Don't do that to it. But in the meantime, if you... Don't get a cat in the But if you have a four foot high cat post and you can get them pretty cheap at secondhand stores, you know, a secondhand cat scratch, if you clean it up really nicely and then remark it with catnip, they'll know there are cats on it before. It'll be easier than a brand new one to get your cats into. So, so don't worry about that. Just make sure it's big enough. It has to be tall. It has to be tall and it has to be heavy at the bottom so it doesn't tip over on them and they don't get scared and then they never use it again because they're frightened. So you want to be sure it's heavy and tall and they they need to stretch the full length of their body out. You know, if you can, if you can remove the object they've been scratching that you don't want them to scratch, that's great. Or cover it with something slippery or tin foil. There's all kinds of things you can do to make this beautiful four foot cat scratch more appealing. Next to it, but there are also things you, as you said, cover it up. Cover it with something that's uncomfortable. There actually are, for worst case scenarios, your veterinarian can usually sell you nail caps. It's a last-ditch thing. It goes over like false fingernails. I don't like it because the cat can't feel anything, and they really do need to scratch. And if you can't live with a real cat, get a stuffed one. Just visit somebody else's. Okay, so the last cat problem we have, and then we're going to end the show, and we're going to do a dog show next about the three most common dog problems. But the last cat problem people have, and uh, it's all about the people, this one, is they say their cat is aloof. My cat just doesn't care. Now, is that true? Are there cats that just aren't interested at all in anybody or anything? I've not found that. I've heard yeah. people say this, and then I meet well, the cat, and it's just, it's so starved for communication. Tale. And if I could find those old wives, I'd smack them. 
No. If you notice cats who are outdoors, unfortunately, a feral community, you'll notice them sleeping one on top of the other. That community is called a clouder. Any group of cats is a clouder, C-L-O-W-D-E-R. You will notice your cat coming over to you when you're reading or when you're at the computer. He's soliciting attention. Cats are not aloof. They're solitary hunters, but they're not solitary creatures. And we need to make people understand that. They want your attention, and they want it when they want it. And that's fine. If you have to stop doing what you're doing to play with the cat, I think it's a good thing. I find myself concentrating on work, and that break is really good because otherwise I wouldn't have taken it but your cat does want attention, do not leave it alone for the weekend with food and water and go away. A, what if your house burns down? But more, and that's happened to people, but what more importantly is that poor animal supposed to do all alone and lonely? They want human attention. They crave it. You will get whatever you put into your cat. You'll get back multiplied. So if your cat is aloof, I suggest you start thinking of a way to play with it like you are the prey. Okay, find something it can chase. Find some string. It does. You can make it. It doesn't have to be a, a professional cat toy. But if you are so going to buy it, don't leave it down. Do not leave string. Cats once right. they start play to with swallow, it, then put it stop. away. Yeah, play with it, then put it away. But find something you can get your cat to chase, and actually stay there and play with him. It's like the people who throw the ball in the backyard for the dog, and then walk into the house and shut the door. What is he supposed to do back there with this ball by himself, besides dig a hole and bury it? Nothing. Same with the cat. What's he supposed to do when the thing stops moving? Eat it? That's not good. You'll be at the veterinary clinic. So if you want your cat to play, you got to play with him. And yeah, we've all seen these like gadgets and gadgets they sell now where you plug it in or you put the battery in and the thing goes round and round and the cat chases. That's taking advantage of their prey drive. They never get to catch this thing. It's a little sadistic. It's okay if you turn it on for a few minutes, but it'd be so much better if you played with your cat. Don't you think, Darlene? I think so. I have both. Well, not the ba- I bought the battery thing. She looked at it and walked away, and I think I heard her singing a chorus of, is that all there is? She likes a trackball toy because she can hit the ball and amuse herself, but we also have interactive toys, and we play together. And when I bring them out, she's excited to see them. And you have to find out which way your cat likes to play, which prey drive really gets to your particular cat. Do they like the birdie flying through the air or the snake moving along the ground? Ooh, or the spider. The spider is a good one. I like the spider because then I figure they'll get used to killing spiders in my home, which they do. So that's handy. (laughs) The spiders are good. Yeah, do they crawl? Do they pursue? Do they like to hunt it down? And, you know, you can also add obstacles, right? Add obstacles and words. If you think this sounds boring and you're like, oh, well, how long can I do that for? It's only boring if you're boring. If you teach your cat to follow this toy that he likes to chase up onto the sofa, as you say sofa, and you do it a whole bunch of times, you've just taught your cat the command sofa. You know, if you teach him to go through something you've made, like a box that you've cut open so it's a tunnel, and now you say tunnel, okay, now you've got him two things. You might teach him to sit when you bring out the toy. You might teach him to shake paw. You could teach him anything, right? 
Exactly. And people don't think of cats that way, and they're doing cats a terrible disservice. I think the cats are doing the mental equivalent of twiddling their thumbs because they're so intelligent and so darn bored in almost every household. My house looks like Disneyland for cats. I believe in environmental enrichment. And some cats love to play fetch just like a dog. Amy they love to climb. And a half they, now. She's not so interested, but she loved it. They love to climb. So that means if you can put a shelf up in your house in a room all the way around and a ladder that goes up to it, that space probably isn't used by you six inches from the ceiling, but it'll be used by them. You know, there's but all kinds cats. of stuff. Not all cats. Some cats. You know. That's true. Some like to hide under things. There's all kinds of different personalities out there. But if you're sitting here listening to this show and you don't know what your cat likes to chase and you don't know if he likes to climb or not, then you don't know your cat. And that's why your cat's aloof because you're just the cat is waiting for you to communicate. And that's what I find. I don't know. You probably do, too, Darlene. You get these people who say, oh, my cat, you know, you're, maybe you're there to train the dog. And they mention the cat. And they say, oh, yeah, the, that cat's dumb. He, he's so stupid. He doesn't even know who we are. He doesn't even know his name. And then before the thing's done, they change their tune. They're saying things like, oh, he never likes anybody. I don't know why he's all over you. Oh, my goodness. And, and without them even watching, I'll have rewarded him for sitting. Just petted him a couple times for sitting. And then I'll be able to say, do you know what? Your cat sits. And I just show, do the hand signal, and the cat sits. Like, this is not a stupid cat. This is a cat no, who gave up on you. It's a stupid owner because the cat's more than the owner doesn't know what they have. Yeah, you've got to try. You've got to try, right? You've just got to try. Absolutely. And You're going to bring it in. It is, it's not a refrigerator to leave in the corner. <laughs> it's a living, breathing, sentient being. Treat it as the intelligent being that it is and the family member that he is. And you're going to have more fun with your cat. And I'll bet you never even knew that could happen. All okay. right. Well, that's a great way to end this, this cat show. We've been talking to Darlene Arden, and it's me, Deborah Wolf. And this has been Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Until next time, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.